I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Three-time Super Bowl champion coach with the New York football giants. One as an assistant, two as a head coach, member of the New York Giants Ring of Honor. Mr. Tom Coughlin is out with a new book called A Giant win and it is my honor to welcome him to the show in this edition of Danielle's WFAN book club. Coach Coughlin, why was it important for you to write a giant win now? Well, first of all, it's 15 years and I can't believe that that much time has passed. 15 years since Super Bowl 42. But when you look at our country and what we've gone through, we've gone through COVID, we're in inflation, we're in recession. It seems like we get hammered one thing right after another. And this book is really about hope and inspiration. Because when you understand where this whole thing came from, after the 2006 season, the media wanted me fired. And they started that whole thing in the city, you know, in all the newspapers, et cetera, about get rid of Coughlin. He's no good. Let's get him out of town, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that was the way it started. And then if you remember, as the season got going, I had hired Steve Spagnolo as my new defensive coordinator, and we gave up 80 points in the first two games. So that wasn't going so well either. But then following that, you know, we, we, we go to Washington, we're 0-2. The, again, they're calling for my head, get rid of Coughlin, blah, blah, blah. We beat the Washington Redskins. We go on to win six uh, straight games. But the second half is not easy either. We go four and four in the second half. And where our final record was 10 and six, we really should have won 12 games. I'll be the first one to to recognize that fact. Mm -hmm. But the most important thing uh, revolving around this book was week 17 of the regular season, a Saturday night game. We hosted the the 15 and 0 trying to become 16 and 0. Uh, New England Patriots, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, you know how that goes. The greatest offensive machine in the history of the National Football League at that time. I mean, they were prolific. And it was it was Brady to Moss. It was all of those kinds of things. And their defense was strong. Their defense was fourth in the league in a lot of categories, most importantly, points against, et cetera, et cetera. So these, this was a great football team. And after we secured our spot in the playoffs by going to Buffalo and beating the Buffalo Bills in all kinds of weather, I've never seen anything like it. It was rain, sleet, snow, hail. It was everything. 40-mile-an-hour winds. Nobody scored going into the wind. Everybody had to have the wind at their back. But we came home with a victory. And as soon as we win, the media wants to ask me, am I going to rest my players? 
Well, I came to the conclusion very quickly, being a history buff and not wanting history to record the fact that the great New York Giant franchise, the flagship franchise of the NFL, red, white, and the blue, would not put their best foot forward against a team trying to become an undefeated team in the National Football League regular season. So I presented that to our players, told them what we were going to do. They bought into it right away. It was, a, I don't know if you remember it or not, Danielle, but it was a Saturday night NFL network game. The whole you know world was watching because the Patriots were going for their 16th win. The weather was great. It was like a 50-degree night in, in New York at Old Giants Stadium. And it was a great football game. We led in the fourth quarter. It was 38-35 was the final. It was Brady to Moss late in the game. They scored, blah, blah, blah. Well, that particular game, as we walked off the field, even listening to the Patriot players talk, mm -hmm. we knew we could play with them. And, of course, the, the Super Bowl, a few weeks later, was a totally different football game. It's amazing. Coach Coughlin joins us right now here on The Fan. I was looking at the cover of, of the book, and, and I know I saw the interview with you and Michael Strahan on Good Morning America, but how did Eli get the cover art with you other than and rather than him or anybody else? Eli was the MVP of the Super Bowl. Yeah. And so to have Eli, you know, write the forward and to have his picture on the on the book, I was giving the, the publisher some heat about that myself, too, because here's Eli way up here and down <laughs> his little back in the corner here is where I should be on the bottom, you know. But but yeah, that's that's why. And you saw if you saw it, you saw Michael at the end of the interview go, here's the book. Oh, I, I see I'm not on the cover of this book either. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. It really was. I know. I laughed out loud. I think he's awesome. So, I, you yeah. know, I was at the ticker tape parade for Super Bowl 50, uh, 42. Sorry. My dad Ooh. and I went to Tampa in that game and to wildcard game. And I remember when we were leaving, going through the, you know, Raymond James Stadium, walking out, he says yeah. to me, he goes, well, they survived another week. He said it every week into the Super Bowl. So for me, reading this, it's a little bit of pride, a little bit of excitement, a little bit of nostalgia. But as you sat down and wrote A Giant Win, what were some of the strongest emotions that came out to you as you were writing it? Well, the, the, the most important thing to remember for me is always, I, I use this statement often, go ahead, tell me I can't do something. Mm -hmm. That's the greatest motivator in the world. Tell me I can't do something. And I think it's important for, for everybody to remember that Fox had the Super Bowl, okay? It was Joe Buck, Troy Aikman. They had the Super Bowl. But their, their broadcast team, you know, in-house in the city uh, consisted of the Fox experts, the so-called experts. Mm -hmm. And it's important to remember not one person on that panel picked the Giants to win any game, starting with Tampa. No one picked for the Giants to beat Tampa. No one picks, picked naturally for the Giants to beat Dallas. Why would you? Dallas had beaten us twice during the regular season. No one picked us to beat Brett Favre in Green Bay uh, in the NFC Championship game. So, but, but it's important to recognize, to put it in perspective, when I say why the book and why the win and why it was so important and why the book should be written now, is because everybody's been knocked on their rear end at one time or another in life. That's the way life goes. It's not all right down easy street. Nothing works that way. But what do you do when you get knocked down? What do you do about that? You get back up 
And, you know, you look at it as I looked at it. Hey, you don't have a choice. You get up off the floor, you fight as hard as you possibly can. And in circumstances like this, it works out in the end. Super Bowl winning head coach of the New York football giants, Tom Coughlin joins us on the fan. You know, one of the storylines, you know, I read every single line, every single punctuation mark in that book. Um, the Ty- the David Tyree storyline was, um, obviously we know how it ended, right? Every, every saw it around the world, but how it started. I mean, in your words, you wrote, he had about five minutes to convince me of why I should keep him on this team. And I thought that was, I was like, oh, what's going to happen? Because I coach. So I was like, oh, what's going to happen next? So you decided to keep him. What was the perception inside the locker room after you decided that, yes, he is going to still be part of this team? Well, you got to remember, David Tyree, a Syracuse guy. I'm a Syracuse guy. The way that whole thing started out was David got in trouble. It's it's common knowledge. Police pulled him over. He had a bunch of uh, marijuana in his trunk. And Ernie Accorsi brought him down to me. He opened the door to my office and he said, here's David Tyree. You know the circumstances. Do with him what you want. And that was the way it was. Well, David sat down and he absolutely convinced me that he was going to change his ways. And he convinced me that he had turned, he and his mother both had turned towards the Lord and that he was going to change his life. He was literally going to change his life. And I believed him. Okay. And I believed him. And, you know, David Tyree was an all-pro special team. You remember he and Jeff Fiegels were great at the high lofted punt down inside the five-yard line. David, once the, the return man got out of the way thinking, you know, that he wasn't going to catch the ball inside the five, David would catch the ball inside the five. And now the defense would have to drive or the offense would have to drive at 98 yards. But David Tyree then set the stage for, for what was to come in Super Bowl forty-two. And the interesting thing about it, Danielle, is the Friday before the Super Bowl, in our last full-speed practice, David had a terrible practice. He didn't catch anything. Ball hit him in the helmet. You know, balls off his hands. He didn't pick the ball up real quick. You know, you're down in the in the green zone and in the inside the goal line area, and the ball comes quick. And he he just had a but in true fashion, the way Eli works. And this is this was frustrating to me because I watched what the media tried to do to Eli as a first round draft choice with a lot of things being traded off in order to get him. I watched how they treated Eli in the good and the bad. Okay, Eli went over to David Tyree, put his arm around him and said, David, this wasn't very good practice, but I know you'll be there when you when we need you. And of course, the rest is history. Not just a great catch, the greatest catch in the history of Super Bowls. Not just that. He also had a touchdown because when when David Tyree went in the game, it was run. Okay. He was the guy on short yardage and goal line that came in the game as a blocking wide receiver. And he was good at that. He was strong. He was big. He was powerful. He did that. So we knew Belichick would think when David comes in, it's run. Well, you know, the, the touchdown pass to him was off of play action you know, sucked everybody, but they, I'll tell you, to their credit, they were very, very close. And David caught that pass from Eli right between two defenders as they came together in the back of the end zone. Yeah. Well, Tom Coughlin is with us on the fan. Um, From reading your book, A Giant Win, I gather one of the fastest ways to make you bristle is to call that catch lucky. Why is that? Because that wasn't lucky. That's the greatest catch of all time. 
in the Super Bowl. And you have to remember the circumstances. I'm standing pretty much right across from Eli. And Mike Carey, who's the referee, is right here to my left, okay? The ball is snapped. There's three guys on Eli just like, boom, it's third and five. To keep the drive alive, I mean, we're probably going to go for it on fourth down anyway. But to keep the drive alive, we've got to make a play. Well, I'm watching this. They've got a hold of his jerseys. He's squirming around. And I'm going, Mike, don't blow the whistle. Don't blow the whistle. You know, don't, don't blow the play dead. And somehow he gets free. And the next thing he does, he launches it down the middle of the field. Now my next thought is, oh, my God, Eli, don't overthrow this ball because an overthrown ball in the middle of the field is an interception. It's going the other way. So you look downfield, and here's David Tyree, and he goes up to the top of the point for the ball, okay? Rodney Harrison, who outweighs him by 15 or 20 pounds, has the safety, the Patriot safety is right there with him and yeah. goes up, and David catches it in two hands, and then Rodney takes one of his hands and arms and strips it away. Well, David has the wherewithal to pin with the other hand the ball against his helmet. Meantime, Harrison is still banging him and hitting him, and falls down behind his knees. Now, if you play in the backyard, you know somebody goes in low on your knees. Your ball's gone, everything's gone. You're trying. The safe guard of your knees is the most important thing, not David. He goes down like this on top of Harrison, who's still batting around, knocking, trying to knock the ball out of his head. It's a it's the greatest play. It's not a hokey play. It's not a lucky play. It's a great football play, and it has to be recognized by that. So I, I saw Bill Simmons was jabbing Eli Manning um, about what his favorite hold on that play was. And Eli said, Tyree holding the ball in his helmet was my favorite hold. Yes, for <laughs> so, sure. But looking back on the tape, could, could there have been holding called on that play? Nah, no way. No way. Nobody had, none of our people blocked anybody. I mean, it was nothing but penetration, 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 you know? <laughs> I mean, it just it just was almost a, a you know one of those things where you if you look at where where Chris Snee is, yeah. Chris is like this, and he doesn't know whether to get involved or not get involved, you know. So so he's back there battling too, and they're all fighting. But he, Eli literally steps up and pulls himself away on his own and makes that play down the middle of the field. I mean, it's it's an incredible play. It is. At what point during that game, during that Super Bowl game, did the thought of it just insidiously crept in? I think we're going to win this Super Bowl. Cross your mind. When Plaxico caught the game, caught the <laughs> touchdown pass. I mean, don't forget, after David makes his play, we still have 35 yards to go against one of the great defenses of all time. Yeah. Okay, so we've still got to master that part of it. And even after we score, okay. The idea that Brady will have the ball with 35 seconds left, that is, and you see what's happened today. How about when Kansas City scored with 13 seconds left last year in the playoff? Yeah. I mean, it is incredible to think like that. But I'm and in brave, and it shows you what how tough Tom Brady is, too, because we drilled him on one of those plays right down the middle. We hit him and knocked him down, you know, knocked him down hard. And he made two rocket throws down the field, down the hash mark to Randy Moss. One of them was close. We had two people on him. You know, yeah. we had we had two, two guys right there. But, you know, eventually we prevailed. Coach Coughlin with us on the fan. You and your Giants team pulled off the biggest upset in Super Bowl history. I think everybody can agree on that. But as the clock ticked down to zeros, 
the offense goes runs out victory formation. Like what are the thoughts that are going through your mind just before the, the confetti starts falling and all of that? Well, the interesting thing was to remember was Bill Belichick came all the way across the field to within about five yards of our sideline. And I went out and we embraced and he, he was very gracious probably far more gracious than I could have been under the same circumstances mm -hmm. for what was at stake for that team, mm -hmm. because Bill Belichick is a historian too. And, you know, the 18 and 0 season, 19 and 0 season, I mean, would stand out, but that was where, and Bill was cr uh, criticized for doing that because the game wasn't over and he was on the field on the other sideline, uh, but it was a very gracious move. The kneel down and then all, it, it, it strikes you, my, my talk to our team the night before at the very end, just summing it all up. I wanted, I wanted our team to win the Super Bowl so that all of our players, all of our staff could experience the feeling of in whatever profession you choose, mm -hmm. if you are recognized as being the best in the world, that is a major, major accomplishment which will bind you all at the hip forever. But better than that, better than that, your mother, your father, your wife, your children, your siblings, they are all champions because your coaches, anyone who has helped you get to that point as a player, as a coach, as a whatever you are, okay? All are world champions at that time. And it is, you know, other than the birth of your children or whatever you want, it's the greatest feeling in the world for, for why I described it. And winning in New York has to be better than anywhere else. <laughs> well, I remember this. I said to John Mara, I don't know, that, that night or the next morning or something, you know, John, I'm not too big on parades. He looked at me and he goes, you're going to want to be on this in this parade. And I mean, it is because, you know, again, I remember watching, you know, movies of these ticker tape parades down the champions of heroes, whether it being Eisenhower or MacArthur or, you know, all the greats, Truman yeah. from World War II or for whatever reason. Okay. The great Yankee teams, you know, that type of thing, but to be a part of it and to see 2 million people, 2 million people, you know, throwing confetti down and just, just, just enjoying the moment, but cheering and hollering and waving. And I mean, it's, it's a, not only that, we finished that, and all the political tributaries had to have their little speeches, obviously. We go back to Giant Stadium. There's 35,000 people in Giant Stadium waiting for us again. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, I was at the parade. I told you at the beginning. Um, yeah. uh, author of A Giant Win, Tom Coughlin, is with us on the fan. Um, what I loved about your book, A Giant Win, is uh, the backstories beyond the game itself. And you, the hard-nosed, tough guy, old-school coach just expressing a lot of vulnerability. And, and I have to tell you, I cried through that whole epilogue about Untitled Judy. Thank you. Appreciate that. That was a tough one. That's a hard one because she was a huge part of that. And uh, when Strahan said, called Judy the team mom, you know, and that she deserved as much tribute for us getting there as anybody else, that, that really, really hit home for me. Did she know about the project? You know, um, I had expressed that to her at one time, but, uh, you know, her last five years, 
you know, we all had a hard time. I, I know that she, I know she knew what I said. And I know she, because she would smile and she would look at me and I always made a big deal about the mornings. You know, I would come in and I would put the blinds up and I would, you know, I would just make a big deal about the mornings. And for a long time, I could even get her, I would say, good morning, Judy. And she would say, morning. She would, she could say it. Yeah. And then for probably the last year and a half, she was not able to even talk, but she could still smile and she could still, you know, with her eyes, she could let me know that she knew what was going on. And she, she still loved the chaos of having the grandkids all around, yeah. you know, cause that, that's really what, what I, I, we always encouraged, you know, the family to be around her, be around her, because even though she couldn't show the expression, she knew it. But if you look at her face, there's a picture that I always relate to. She's in the stands and the gun goes off mm -hmm. and she has this, she has a radiant smile anyway. I mean, it's an amazing smile, beautiful, beautiful smile. She looks around with that smile and it's like, oh my God, it's like everything has finally come together because the most difficult thing in the world, you know, is to be honest, I think is a coach's wife, especially, you know, as you progress along the, it's more and more time consuming. And I mean, she raised four children. She, she did everything. She did everything, which allowed me to focus on, uh, you know, on, on my job and on being a football coach. And she did it without, she never complained once. My first job, my first job at Rochester Institute of Technology with a master's degree was for $7,500. And I had a baby on the way. <laughs> it was, it's amazing. She made everything work somehow, some way. Yeah. So you're responsible for three of the four Vince Lombardi trophies, obviously the assistant coach with one of them, right. head coach with two um, in an original franchise's history. So what's your legacy? You know, I, I hope it has a lot to do with the J fund, to be honest with you. Um, the J fund foundation comes from the fact that I had a strong safety by the name of Jay McGillis at Boston College who died of leukemia. And it was a ravaging, ravaging uh, disease because he he started 10 games, or in those days, maybe nine games. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he was sick and he was gone in eight months, in eight months. So watching his family and what they went through and how they all dropped, they don't work. They come to the bedside of the sick child and his, his siblings. He had a sister that worked in a interned in a law office in Washington, D.C., come home and move into the hospital room with him. I mean, that that to me, but yeah. watching the family and I had I had one of uh, my linebackers come to me in the spring and say, Coach, we got to help the McGillis family. I said, what do you mean? Sit down. So we talked about bills were mounting up. Nobody was paying any bills. Nobody paying any attention, which you can imagine what a parent thinks when they're told that 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 those words that your child has cancer. My God, nothing nothing would register for forever. You know, and all you want to do is be there for the child. So what the players did is they went out into the community. In those days, we did max lifts. We, we benched, we power cleaned, uh, we, we uh, squatted for max, okay? They went out into the community and got pledges. And at halftime of the spring game, we gave the McGillis family a check for $50,000. Wow. And that's where the idea came for Judy and I that if we ever had a chance to give back, it would, we would give back in the name and spirit of Jay McGillis. And 28, our 28th 
Celebrity Golf Classic will be this spring. Our 18th wine gala will be this spring. And our next Champions for Children in New York next October will be our 18th of that, all raising money for families who have a child with cancer. And uh, my final question, Eli Manning wrote in the prologue, um, that's why he should be in the Hall of Fame. So what if Canton calls? <laughs> you know, it's something you always dream about. But, you know, I don't have a lot to do with that, obviously. Uh, it's out of the hands of the individual. And uh, it would be a tremendous honor, obviously, because the great ones of the game are at are in Canton, players, coaches, whatever. And uh, so – so be it. Well, Mr. Coughlin, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Danielle. Thank you. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.